Digital Drift, Episode 3, recorded Monday, 10th of February, 2014, Special Effect. Deep discussion and entertaining analysis of movies, games, and media culture. Welcome to the Digital Drift. This episode will start with a word or two about this year's Gplex, formerly the Gonzo Planetary Expo, and now rechristened as the first DriftCon. This is our annual community meeting, and this year it will take place at the Doubletree Hilton in Lincoln on Saturday the 3rd and Sunday the 4th of May, with many turning up on the Friday night as usual. This year, same as 2013, all proceeds from the auction, silent auction and pile of shame raffle will go to Special Effect, who we'll be talking to about what they do and where our donations go in just a moment. The morning sessions, 10am to 1.30pm, will be three and a half hours of board games and video gaming tournaments. And this is a rare opportunity to get together and game in the same room with a lovely crowd of people. Both years we've done this, the sessions ended up spilling over into card games in the bar afterwards because nobody wanted to stop. This is a major, major aspect of what makes these get-togethers so special. And this year I want as many people as possible to bring along their 3DS as well, so many of us can make use of the link-up multiplayer features. The afternoon sessions from 2.30 to 6pm will be all of the other annual Gplex events. The Pile of Shame raffle, the Pub Quiz, the Charity Auction and the Silent Auction and the Community Podcast. These two session groups are now being kept entirely separate so one does not disrupt the other. In the morning sessions, the board games will occupy one side of the room and the video games will be on the other. There is a partition available, but we'll start off without having it drawn. That way we only need to use it if noise becomes an issue. Pile of shame. Every year we bring along games we can't finish and effectively engage in a big swap meet. Tickets will be £2 each, as always, and if it's anything like the last two years, everybody will leave with armfuls of games. Pub quiz. This will be another movies, games and geek culture quiz with everybody dividing off into five to six teams and answering the questions we call out on answer sheets with time allowed for conferring. Prizes, of course, for the winning team. Auction. This is where many of us bring in desirable but not super valuable items of geek shelf candy that we're happy to effectively donate to charity. Many of the items get laid out on tables all day as a silent auction, allowing people to put down high bids throughout the day. The tastiest morsels get called out to the room at the end of the day for typically enthusiastic bidding wars. Check out the forum for a list of what we have in store, and if you'd like to donate something for the auction, get in touch with me or Sharon, and we can arrange it. We've already had items contributed by Fangamer, QWERTY, and Extra Credits. Those not present can still donate, and even put down bids on auction items they want in a dedicated thread on the forum. The Community Podcast. We'll find a way to make the best of having the community members in the same room and we'll get as many people as possible involved rather than just podcasters. There's a high possibility of a meal together. We can organise this for the Friday or Saturday evening. And on Sunday, the cinema. This will be a double bill at the Lincoln Ritz. Monty Python and the Holy Grail will be one of the films. The other has yet to be decided on. The double bill will play privately and only for us. We'll start at 10am on the Sunday and should run no later than about 2pm, giving everyone the afternoon to go to the pub, wander around Lincoln or travel home. If you've not been to a Gplex before, 
this may be the time to start. Get to know the community. We can accommodate 50, so by all means, recruit friends. Again, just contact me or Alex. The ticket price is £25, and this covers the room hire and refreshments on the Saturday and the cinema tickets on the Sunday. And for the next part of the show, we're going to be talking to a pair of representatives from the charity we're supporting again, Special Effect. Tonight we're joined by Mark Saville, Web and Communication Specialist, and Gavin Tan, Project Customer Care Coordinator from the video gaming-related charity Special Effect. Hello, Mark. Hello. Hello, Gavin. Hello there. Long-time listeners may remember that this was the charity we sponsored last year when we were fundraising at the second Gonzo Planetary Expo. We managed £2,285, including gift aid contributions. This put us in the top 5% of Just Giving pages set up in 2013. What we're going to discuss tonight is what that money went towards and what this charity really is about. We are sponsoring Special Effect again for this year's expo, which has been rechristened DriftCon to go with our new name and site. So, Gavin and Mark, we have a variety of questions for you to elaborate on. Okay. Yeah, yeah. If you were to go to the Special Effect website right now, there are um, multiple stories of individuals that have actually benefited from the efforts of this charity organization. Would that be the word? Yeah, yeah. yeah, they're all named and they've got um, uh, pictures up and there's a little YouTube shorts showing um, them in action. The ones that are sort of front and center are, are people who uh, have uh, difficulty moving their arms or uh, are almost entirely paralyzed or have long term or genetic medical conditions which make uh, it very, very difficult to grip a controller as normal. And these guys help them to play by use of ingenious jerry-rigging of the technology and um, coming up with uh, new solutions to actually get them in the game. Sanjuro has given Tim more control over his movements. Come on, Tim, reach out, reach out, push him. And now he's getting a visit from Dr Mick Donegan, who helped develop the MyToby computer, which you operate with just your eyes. I'm Mick. It's nice to meet you. I, um, I'm just here to to try and see if we can get some uh, get this system working so that you can make things happen by moving your eyes around on the screen. So you know, it's just a bit of fun. If it works, great. If it doesn't, then you know, I come back again until it does. Okay. Mum is excited. If this works, Tim will get an instant voice for the very first time. He'll need he'll need to be more or less here with with his eyes uh, about this distance not all children like tim will be able to make use of this machine it's very sensitive and a lot relies on tim's eye control dad is excited too tim is a natural and in no time dr mick has him playing the guitar d minor i think we're doing a composition here Mm. Excellent. Goodness me. I like it. Mm. Dr. Mick is impressed at how quickly Tim has mastered the machine. So where you look, you will see a butterfly appear. Hold your eye right there on that flower if you can. Okay, hold it right there without moving. Excellent. (laughs) 
Whoa! <laughs> You're doing really well. Really, really well. And speaking is suddenly uh, made quick and easy for Tim. Please. I'd like some more, please. You'd like to do some more? I think I like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, basically, what I did was I just saw if eye control of a computer had any potential at all for Tim. And basically, we found out that it did. The, the, sen- the essential things, as far as Tim are concerned, are that it could pick up his pupils, you need to have perfectly sort of visible pupils that aren't hidden behind the, the eyelid. So that was good. And you also need to have somebody who's well motivated to use the technology. And as, I think as you probably saw, that was clear that Tim was very well motivated, despite the fact that he's just got back from an exhausting day at school. Um, if you go to this one. I think cool man. <laughs> <laughs> Try and be a joker. <laughs> no, that's great. That's yeah, terrific. Yeah. He wanted to do it. He was motivated. He was clued in, and he was naughty. That was the great thing. I, I was directing him and said, "Right, let's press this button now." And he didn't. He went where he wanted to go. And when he wanted to say a whole phrase, he did it. And when he wanted to say, "It's cool, man," instead of you know me saying, "Is it good or is it bad?" He wanted to say, "It's cool, man." That kind of thing indicates that you're talking about uh, you know a, a, a bright young lad with lots to say. <laughs> Is there anything that you want to say now to finish off? Mm. Anything that you want to say? I finished. Excellent. <laughs> so I'll do the first one. Uh, when and how did special effect start? Well, it started um, six years ago, uh, two thousand. Well, it's now seven years ago, together, isn't it? Yeah, doing the maths. Seven years ago. Um, uh, very small. We're now our now CEO, Dr. Mick Donegan was working at a, a charity um, that specialised in helping severely disabled children to to communicate. And he was noticing that um, having given them the, the power of sweet speech, just like, you know, Stephen Hawking, that uh, they were going away for the weekends and the holidays and they were coming back, but they, they didn't actually have much to talk about. And uh, he realised that actually, you know, there's, you know, uh, people with disabilities have, just as much a right to the, the sort of fun and games as we get up to, you know, as anybody else. Mm. And that's kind of where it all started. Mm-hmm. So in a nutshell, what does the actual charity do? Um, essentially, what we're doing is helping uh, people uh, of all abilities or all disabilities to experience the kind of the, the fun and inclusion of video games that, uh, you know, yourself and I are, are used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, but it goes beyond that. Um, it's not just video games because a lot of the technology we use also applies to a lot of other areas um, of, of en- enabling ability. For example, um, if we're using um, eye control or eye gaze to, to as part of a, a solution to access the game, then, then the eye control can also be used to access the you know the web, the internet, to use a computer to mm-hmm. you know to do all kinds of different things. So it's it's not it's not although we're we're primarily games, video games. Um, that there's a lot of sort of ongoing effects. Yeah, because we kind of find it hard to say no here. It's kind of the way <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so we we do you know we are all about the you know letting people have access to video games but you know we have some people who contact us um there's a little girl that we're helping at the moment called Lacey, and uh they contacted us you know very much aware of of her abilities that she can you know just about hold uh you know a a switch down Uh, she can't really really focus uh, on anything and, and see much at all so um 
you know, when she contacted us, even though, you know, we, we, it may not be within our remit, what we, uh, ended up doing was going and helping her by, uh, basically setting up her to be able to press one switch and for, you know, bubbles to blow onto her skin and things like this. So, gotcha. um, we are very much video games, but again, like I say, we find it hard to say no to help, yeah. <laughs> for helping people. So yeah, we, we can do things like, um, let people have access to general toys um, as well. Yeah, yeah we do that. Hmm. How do the occupational therapists figure in the process of, of doing what you do? Um, I think Gillian and Marta are a couple of the people that we've got mentioned here. Well, Gab's, Gab's the person to answer that one, I think. Yeah, yeah, no problems. Uh, so I'm part of the assessment team. So uh, I'm one of the guys that goes out and uh, well, comes out and, and sees you if you if you need help at all. So normally it's uh, it's uh, me and Bill who are I don't know if we're techie, but we're the you know kind of gamer guys that do the the R and D and what have you. Mm-hmm. And there'll be uh, one of the OTs with us. So uh, me and Bill will be the guys that'll be keen on you know getting as many switches, uh, buttons, and, and joysticks on you and, and used by you as as possible. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Be kind of the the occupational therapist. They're the guys that kind of maybe rein us in, <laughs> but they're the guys that are making sure that the whole time that we're there, we're not causing any problems with any posture. We're not going to cause any pain. So uh, they're basically sort of the, the body specialists who are um, sort of the the conduit between the the, the techies and the yeah. actual end users. Yeah, completely, completely. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, not only do, are they. Um, Making sure that me and Bill don't go too well, but they're also, um, you know, I've seen instances where, um, where Jill has, uh, spent some time manipulating somebody's arm and, you know, we gained access to a bit of finger movement that we weren't aware was available. I'm not even sure, uh, the lad knew was available. So, you know, they're, they're fantastic what, what we, uh, what they do. Um, yeah, it's, um, I mean, when we go out, both, you know, uh, as kind of as guys and, and and the OTs, um, when we come and visit, we do spend a long time, you know, speaking with you and, like I say, you know, finding out where things are best for you, and and their expert and their expertise is is you know invaluable for sure. for making the right decisions for that sort of thing. Yes. I'm Ruby. I'm Arlo's mum. Arlo's been doing most of his gaming on his laptop. Um, but he's very limited as to what he can control. He mainly uses just one hand, so he wasn't making the most of his games, getting the most out of it. So I started off and looked on the internet to see if there was anything, and that's when I came across the special effect. Arlo, sadly, in common with a lot of disabled children, doesn't have the same kind of social experiences as people that don't have disabilities and gaming offers a platform that you can play with other children successfully. It's going to change his leisure time very positively, really properly compete and engage with other children in a way that is otherwise almost impossible. really loves computer games. Arlo's extremely happy and excited about being able to access his games. Yeah. 
What, what we try to do as a charity, um, our aim as a charity, is, is not to take an Xbox and, and put it in, uh, say, a, a children's hospital and say, right, okay, there, we've, we've helped 200 people to play games. That's, it's not a numbers game because we know that's, that's not going to work. We treat everybody as an individual um, because um, even within a particular disability, say, cerebral palsy no no one person is going to exhibit the same kind of physical uh, abilities than another right. so e- everyone who contacts us we we go out and we, we you know we spend a long time finding out exactly what they can do and then we work with them to maximize their gaming experience and then if they've got for example um, an advancing condition a degenerative condition then we'll go back again and again and again you know we, we don't charge and the, the equipment we loan out is uh, we loan out free as well but so it's it's kind of a uh, whatever it takes attitude so what are some of the peripheral adaptations that your tech specialists have come up with to to help these guys out we do a whole range of things here you know if it was the fact that you had a, a condition uh, whereby you were able-bodied before, muscular dystrophy, uh, for instance. You know, you were able to play games before, and then slowly you start to lose uh, the function in your hands. If you were to contact us, it may be the case that you couldn't do the triggers or, or the bumpers, but you could use the face buttons and maybe the, the analog sticks. Mm-hmm. So uh, at that point, it may be just a, a simple case of modifying a, a standard controller, moving the buttons uh, to places where you could reach them, i.e., you know, the controller face. We uh, go all the way to, I think Mark mentioned before, eye gaze. It could be the fact that, um, you know, all of a sudden you are paralysed uh, and, and you can only move your eyes. Uh, and at that point, we could have you, you know, playing games with, with just your eyes. Um, you could be playing, you know, I mean, for instance, we, we quite often use Peggle with people because, uh, well, apart from being an awesome game, it works really well with the eye games. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, we also, when we go to, to expos, we show, uh, we let people have a go at eye gates with, with, uh, dirt, uh, dirt three. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, driving with your eyes feels awesome. So, uh, and we've got a whole range there of, of things that we, we do. We don't just use, you know, bits that we, uh, customize ourselves. We also repurpose, you know, uh, specialized, you know, equipment that's already designed for, people with disabilities but may not be designed for being used with games so we're pretty much like i think joining the dots yeah yeah. i think one one of the things uh we 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 also do as well is we use uh various methods in combination for example i think there's a lovely uh lovely video on the site from aj who's Mm. using voice control uh in conjunction is it with a chin joystick he's using yeah yeah so it's it's kind of used with with his lip um so he's playing call of duty there that joystick is, you know, you're exactly right with what you're saying. It's uh, something that's used for or designed for people with disabilities to act like a mouse. Yeah. But then we add the la- extra layer of, like, customised voice controls just for AJ. I'm watching that video as we speak. Wow, that's, that is extremely elaborate. My name's AJ. I'm 35 years old. I have a disability called spinal muscular atrophy. And I currently work as an IT support analyst up to the age of 17, I used to play a lot of console games. But unfortunately, around that time, my, my movement, my hands got worse, so I wasn't able to hold the control pad and press the buttons. And I gave up on the idea of being able to play video games after that. A few months back, I 
was doing a, a Google search and I came across Special Effect and was very happy to know they were able to help disabled people play games. Initially I, I wanted to play every game because I was so excited. Special Effect being able to help me to um, find a joystick that I could use with my, with my chin which the computer could recognise. And also a, another tool, which is a voice activation software, which basically you, you can map commands to words, and then whatever you say will operate that command for you. Romeo, stop, aim. And then I can shoot with, with a switch, which I have next to my hand, which I can plug into the joystick. For me, it gives me something to look forward to outside of work. You know, when I when I come home, sometimes on the weekends, it's, there's not much to do and I have to get bored. There's only so much TV you can watch or listen to music. For me, video games is also about escapism. You know, you get away from all the problems for a little while. I would say if you enjoy playing video games and you're having difficulty due to your disability, I would definitely recommend contacting special effect because they've been really helpful to me and being able to kind of give me something which I've lost many years ago. So who actually comes up with all these ideas for, for how to work around it? I have no idea how you could get something which requires as quick reactions as Call of Duty to work voice activated. So yeah, who came up with that? Um, so uh, with um, with voice controls in Call of Duty, mm-hmm. uh, somebody that we saw called Daniel uh, Gent who we met some time ago, he'd been playing like that for some for quite some time. So we were able to learn um, how he used voice controls, and, and uh, gotcha. we went and, and ran with that from uh, from meeting him. But uh, I mean, our, our inspiration for our bits and bobs comes from all over the place. It may yeah. be, I mean, often, 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 it's uh, somebody getting in contact at some point in the past, and, and we've learned from the solution that we that we came up with. Uh, for them, so in the beginning, it was it was uh, it's a lot of head scratching. But now, you know, we kind of we've got all kinds of gizmos that we know how to put yeah. together in all kinds of combinations. And um, it's, it's yeah, you're right. It's experience, isn't it? It kind of is. Yeah. And and you, you've got the the occupational therapist as well. You know, when you get to two heads being better than one or three, mm. and they're they're sort of wrapping garden twine around people's hands to stabilise it, and we think, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, yeah, all kind of weird. You can use you know ping pong balls put on top of joysticks. You know, mm. it, you know, it's a case of sort of going to the garden shed, having a look round, and. Um, well, that might be oversimplifying it, probably. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're exactly right. But things like, um, you know, it sounds like um, such an odd thing to do, but for a lot of people, um, a golf ball is, is a great size for uh, people to grab onto. Um, so, uh, yeah, putting that on top of a joystick, mm. um, even though it sounds really, it sounds odd and it sounds simple, but it works for so, so many people. Yeah. Um, and it's just experience knowing that, you know, a lot of people with cerebral palsy, uh, a lot of the times that their hands can grab that size and shape of, of object, um, at well is, um, yeah, something that's in our knowledge bank. Is that a good word to use? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so it's a case of, um, most of the time decomplicating what would otherwise be a fairly fiddly system. 
it's, it's, for a lot of people. There's, I mean, there's, there's several aspects, um, and it also depends on people's cognitive skills as well. For example, yeah, if, yeah. We, if, we ha- if we're helping somebody in a wheelchair, then it makes sense, for example, if we're going to uh, fit them out with a, an extra joystick to make mm. it in a similar position and the similar kind of force uh, mm. as, as their wheelchair joystick, mm. so they're familiar with the action. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's, I think it's uh, over the years that the, the combination of occupational therapists and the technology and, and the games, it's, it's, it, it just all goes into a big melting pot and you, you get all these solutions bubbling to the surface. And, it's, it's, and, and no, no one trip is the same. And that's yeah. what's so, so marvellous about it. Do you find that um, you get ideas from your clients as well? Because, I mean, obviously, if, if you're working to such an individual level, um, a lot of the people that you work with, obviously, they will know their conditions the best and, and they will probably have things that they've come up with to get around yeah, um, difficulties. You're completely right. At no point do we, you know, even come close to forcing somebody to do anything. I think that's the, the, the great thing about video games is that people want to... It's not like some arduous bit of physical therapy that we're imposing on somebody. It's something that people really, really want to do. Mm. So when we turn up, people are really enthused about it. They've got plenty of ideas themselves. Um, and, and yeah, there, there's generally no point where we have to say, you know, can you, can you do this? People are always suggesting, you know, and always thinking about how they can get around things. So you're exactly right because it is, something that people really, really want to do. Hmm. When we're there, people have lots of ideas and we're happy to try them all. We, we, and it's, and the, the, the effect of this isn't just being able to play games. I mean, we, uh, what we like, what we really try to do is get people playing games competitively, uh, as competitively as possible. And that's brilliant. Um, but there's also the knock-on effect, uh, not only with the, you know, for, for sometimes uh, therapeutic effects, but also if you if we can... If we can help somebody to um, um, game for you know quite a while, then it, it frees up their parents and carers and gives them a bit of time off. You yeah. know, so you've got sort of ongoing impacts that we're, we're still discovering. Um, you know, from from day to day and week to week. So it's it's very much um, because as far as we're aware, nobody's approached uh, the issues in, in the way that we're approaching them before. It's very much we're, we're, we're pushing forward and learning every day and it's and the, the people really who deserve uh, the most credit are the fantastic people we're trying to help because they are so committed to doing their best you know, it's a privilege to be able to help them. And I'm, I would surmise this is all knowledge that you will be able to pass on and uh, affect more people who can learn from you guys. Yeah, uh, we're um, not that I've put up a video personally myself for you know a little while, but you know things that we we find out little tips and and you know combinations of bits of tech um, we post up on YouTube. If anybody contacts us about anything, mm-hmm. uh, they want any advice, we're 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 free to give it. So you're you're exactly right. We 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 don't generally hold back on anything because. You know, the more that these things get out there, the more people it could possibly help. You know, the benefit of doing things and putting them on YouTube is a lot of people from not just in the UK contact us. And uh, we get to help people, you know, almost remotely through that and then through the email conversations we're glad to have with them as a result of the video. So you're exactly right. We, uh, we're, we're quite free with our anything that we know because it could, you know, help us. Well, there's no point holding it back and helping just a few when you can help as many people as you can. Yeah. shouting it out there 
one thing that struck me while looking at what special effect does is they appear to be trying to eliminate the feeling of us and them they don't just focus on people with genetic disorders they don't just focus on kids or just adults it's everyone who has some physical difficulty playing games and many of the people they help have suffered from injuries so every single one of us is one accident away from being in the kind of situation where we could genuinely benefit from special effect. Callum suffered a spinal injury as a result of a BMX accident, which left him paralysed from the shoulders down. Could happen to any of us. Special effects made me a control company to play PlayStation, which I never thought I'd do. I couldn't use a normal controller because I couldn't reach any of the buttons and it wasn't set up properly to do so. They um, mounted it on a tripod and adapting buttons. I'd like to have found out earlier, so when I was on bed rest, I could have done something instead of watching TV all day. So. Um, well, it sounds like um, it's quite a, a varied job that uh, that you guys have, but do you and your team have uh, sort of a, an average day that you could run us through? Average in quotes here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh, an average day. Well, actually, if we take today as a good example, I've been out to a primary school uh, in the morning doing a talk uh, to the children there and the staff explaining the work of the charity. And, and of course, all the children there are computer gamers, so they, they, they kind of uh, are really interested because um, and uh, and explaining what we do. And, you know, if we can sort of tell people at, at that kind of age that there's that, that gaming's not just about you know um, uh, sort of uh, basically you know sitting by yourself having fun that there are, there are wider aspects and wider benefits that's great yeah, yeah. Well, and so that's what I've been doing and I've been working on the uh, one or two other events as well and Gavs you've been out on, on the road haven't you where, where have you yeah been? yeah I've been um, so you know a lot of the time my time spent is is out on the road because uh, you know often we don't even though we've got a uh, a centre here and a, and a games room that people are, you know, very welcome to, to come to. Um, a lot of the people that we support are, you know, um, have disabilities where they, they, they can't travel, yeah. uh, you know, of course. either well or full stop. Um, so I was in uh, Birmingham today seeing a lad called Ahmed. It's the second time we've seen him. He's got muscular dystrophy. He's a huge gamer. He very much likes Call of Duty. But it's getting, it was getting to the point um, where we first saw him where he wasn't able to, to click the sticks in. He also wasn't able to hit the triggers or the bumpers. So very much like I kind of talked about earlier, where it, that, that's a big problem for somebody who's playing a, a first-person shooter. Mm-hmm. He was playing it on his Xbox One, so we actually set him up with voice control. So he's using his standard controller, the bits that he can reach. He can do the analog sticks quite well with the sensitivity turned up on them uh, that's something that we can do you know outside of the game as well mm-hmm. you can make it so you can just move the stick very very slightly for it to be you know moving at full speed so that sort of thing's uh, appropriate in that kind of situation where you know you can't move the stick very well we also gave him repositioned the buttons and gave him voice control as well so that's um, we we're going to, to deliver those bits and set him up and he should be good to go, actually, now. And then afterwards, we hopped down the road and uh, we saw a lad called Ben who's got a brain tumour. Last time we saw him was maybe four or five months ago. Mm-hmm. And he he was losing the ability to use his left hand 
although he was using it really, really quite well, I, I, I think, at, at the time. Uh, all we needed to do, really, was to mod the controller so he could move the button. He could use a switch instead of the, the left trigger. Mm-hmm. So we, we gave that to him, but he's got to the point where he's progressed now. Uh, and he can't use his left hand at all, so we went back to support him. And we, uh, I've got to actually again mod a controller for him, which I hopefully will be doing tomorrow afternoon. And as a result, hopefully it'll go in the post tomorrow uh, afternoon as well. But it's just he's using his right foot to go forward and to ADS to scope. Mm-hmm. And we've also got a, a controller where there's three extra buttons on on the right hand side on the back. So. Right. You know, between the combination of that, he'll be gaming for a little while with that set up, and you know, when his knees change again, we'll be right there as well. So that was my day, uh, and then speaking to you, lovely people as well. <laughs> I'm Caroline Baker, my son's Elliot Hughes, and um, six. Elliot's very, very technology focused, but obviously has um, physical disabilities, so he has problems getting on with technology as he would like to. We've had an Xbox for a couple of years and he'd been trying to play with it and couldn't use it at all. And some of his mates at school have said, oh, you've got an Xbox, have you? Can we play against you? Just makes him, you know, the same as everybody else and be able to challenge and join in. He's got enough things at school that he... You know, can't equally play rugby, can't equally play football. So this just puts him on a, an equal footing. He's naturally competitive like most boys. It was amazing to watch Elliot actually not go the wrong way permanently down the track, which he was doing with the controller before until it was set up properly. So today's been the first time that they've, they've been able to play against each other on the same game, which is amazing. It's really nice to be able to see that, and also that he's going to be able to play with Dad and play with his granddad, which is, um, you know, it's going to be absolutely brilliant. So, yeah, can't wait. This one's mine. Uh, what difficulties have you guys experienced in, I'll say, in raising awareness of your cause, but you can... Elaborate on that uh, to encompass other difficulties that you've faced along the way for the past. Did you say seven years? Yeah, six or seven years. Six or seven, um, sorry. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's f- fundraising is uh, uh, an interesting one if you, uh, with with video games because um, the your kind of traditional grants and trusts funding bodies mm-hmm. uh, don't really know what to make of us um, uh, because you know well first of all it's video games and you, the and they don't really really know what to make of them because of the sort of uh, good and bad reports they've heard but also it's the fact that we're not playing the numbers game either when they say well you know tell have how many thousand people have you helped we say well no no that's not the point you know we want to help people properly individually you know and make sure that each individual is doing the best but uh, having said that, um, um, we, we what we do find really, really encouraging is that gamers and people in the gaming community and the gaming industry really, uh, really kind of get what we're trying to do, which is which is really, really encouraging, and is you know it's it's the, um, and and just over the last couple, two or three years in particular. Um, just to have people, uh, you know, to support us through, for example, running the British 10K mm-hmm. or to um, do, you know, gaming marathons. We've got the Game Blast 
gaming marathon weekend coming up in two weeks, and and we've I've already got like I, I was only hoping to get um, uh, a maximum of fifty teams and individuals signed up for that, and I've got over one hundred and fifty now, and it's just you know it's. Wow. I'm, th- I'm thinking, wow, is it, and, and they're not just uh, UK, it's all across the world, and it, it, you, it really is humbling. So I think it, it, it really is, it's, the sport we're getting from individuals is fantastic, and we're just beginning to um, also get quite a, a lot of more corporate support as well. So it's, it's an ever-changing thing. The stories that we're getting back, even sort of uh, for, for people like myself who are probably slightly more sort of office and fundraising based, we're, they, they just take my breath away. And I'm not saying that because I work here. Of course. It's, it's just, uh, you know, um, it, it's quite astonishing that the power of, of, of games that they can have and and if we can help people to, to do the, the best they can, you know, it's, it's just amazing to see the the positivity, the inclusion that, that, that results. Everybody we meet is, is you know, that we, we try and help are all lovely and they're all wonderful, inspirational people, you know, people who have um, conditions that would, you know, probably destroy me mentally, you know, the fact that, mm. you know, I was able-bodied and, and then at a certain age, you know, you know, in my 20s or something like this, I'm starting to, to lose the ability to do things that, you know, I, I loved before, um, and even see, you know, siblings of mine pass away from the same condition, so I know what's coming for me. Um, people that are in dreadful situations like this, but yet you meet and are so lovely and so welcoming and, and so happy about the things that you're doing. You know, every day is, uh, you know, I can't complain about my job at all. Because <laughs> so, I do meet wonderful people like these, so it's hard for me to pick people out. But just as a, as a general one, uh, let's say, because, you know, you mentioned AJ before, the fact that he hadn't played games since uh, the Mega Drive and, he, you know, he played NHL back then, and then all of a sudden um, he's playing games and... Um, he played Call of Duty at first. He jumped straight in, and then he thought, you know, what, what else can I do? So he went, and he's tried all about kinds twenty of, years of games to catch up on. Well, this is yeah. it. Yeah, he had this wonderful open, you know, epiphany of, of games just flooding at him. So he played uh, DMC next, and then he went into bullet hell games like. Um, Cine- oh, I can't say it. Cinemora. Yeah, there we wow, go. Wow, I can't even do that. <laughs> all of a sudden, he's got all these games, uh, you know, filling his time, and, and it's just wonderful getting emails from him. Just, you know, he sends me quite regularly, and he tells me what he's what he's up to. So these moments happen every day, and um, so it's for all of us. And like I say, yeah, we can't complain about what we do. Um, oh, yeah. So it's. Uh, and, and I think Gav, you came back with a lovely story the, the other day that um, a couple of the people we've helped so when you've gone in they 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 can't they don't have the ability to game um, they they can they can watch television but that's mm. pretty much all they can do mm. and then by the end of the day um, you know you've left them and they're you know they're getting stuck into Call of Duty with their parents and and a couple of times when when you've said goodbye they mm. haven't even responded because they're so into what they're doing no, that's, <laughs> that's, that's exactly what we want. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not, it's not like uh, they're ignoring you. There's, it's because that whole room's full of just like you know banter. You know yeah. exactly how it should be between like the parents and the 
son of a daughter. So yeah. you're exactly right. It's a good feeling. I yeah. will say from personal experience, uh, I, I re- urge people, especially those going to uh, uh, DriftCon this year, to check out the special effect website and look at some of the videos because for all uh, the talk that's gone on here, you can't argue with results and, w- and watching the expressions change from sort of um, concentration to sudden joy uh, on the faces of adults, kids, of all ages, shapes, and sizes, suddenly able to surmount this previous obstacle and engage with it is—it's really hard not to smile broadly from ear to ear and be um, a little bit in awe of what you guys are able to do. So, well done. Well, no, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, we're just so we'll just keep on doing yeah, it. And, and thank right, you. Yeah. Well, I should actually have to say thank you for your support. Um, yes, I mean, no because problem, no problem. The, the, the sort of the money that uh, that you raised last year, I mean, mm-hmm. um, over £2,000 goes a long way in, in our field. Depending on how we use it, that could fund us, you know, to go out and see a particular person, provide them with a, uh, some loan kit mm. and, you know, start them on their journey. And then that loan kit will then go on to somebody else and then we can mod it and that kind of thing. And, of course, the technology is changing all the time. Yeah. Some of it's getting cheaper, some of it's getting more expensive. Yeah. But, you know, that, the, the, kind of, the kind of money that you've raised is, mm. is, is brilliant because we can go, oh, wow, £2,000, great, because at, at this particular point we have somebody mm. who really needs a particular piece of kit mm. and it costs four figures and we can go, right, we can do that for him straight away. Mm. Brilliant. Yeah. Thank you. I'm grinning again. Okay. <laughs> we will do our absolute best to to help you as much as we can again this year. Thank you very, very much, well, uh, Mark and Gavin. It's been a pleasure having you on uh, talking about this. Right. Okay. Well, Mark and Gavin, thank you very much for joining us. Um, it's been a real pleasure talking to you both. Much luck with your uh, your coming endeavours and, um, and to everybody that you're working with. Brilliant. Thanks a lot. Cool. Yeah, thank you. Have a lovely evening, you guys. Cheers. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. 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 We'll be back in a few weeks. I've been Alex Shaw. I've been Sharon Shaw. Good night and neural handshake handshake complete. complete. Hi, my name is Alexander Kostov and I'm 19 years old. I have a neuromuscular condition making me very weak. When I first got it, uh, I couldn't stop just clicking everywhere. I just, even if I didn't need to click somewhere, I just did it because it felt so uh, free. I don't know what kind of game yet, but something that a lot of people can play. Special effect has helped me to access my computer a lot better. I can now talk to my friends much, much more easily and I just generally have a greater sense of freedom. Without their help, I would be just very confined to what I can do. In fact, I'd probably be able to do virtually nothing that I enjoy. Please support special effects so that they can help more people like myself. Special effects 
Kaiman for everyone.